Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. All right. Good evening, everybody. Uh, before we start, uh, mother-in-law's name was George Richardson. She was so excited she didn't say her name. <laughs> I forgot. So her name is George Richardson. And, uh, oh. so before we start, I want to say again, happy birthday to Sister Burchett today. Happy <laughs> birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. Been a beautiful day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness and your mercy. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just want to say thank you for how you have brought us, how you're keeping us, and how you're saving us. Now, Lord, we ask that you will look upon us tonight as we get ready for this Bible study, best teacher, best student. We thank you for working power just bless heal and deliver in the mighty name of jesus we pray amen amen uh just before uh deacon wade uh come on uh i i watch channel 12 news a lot and uh i wish to pray that some of you all would watch it tonight at least at 10 o'clock but i'm and i'm praising god because uh the tree fell on the little on a house, yeah. it'd be the baby in the yeah. room where it fell. So I know y'all know yeah. what I'm talking about. And yeah. the baby scratch on it. The baby was sitting it, up in the bed, mm. and that that show you God's protection. And I I had to share some tears because if you look at the house and look at the tree, and the baby didn't get a scar, mm. you said God won't make a way out of no way. Lord, Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. All right, Deacon Wade, I'm in your hands. Well, we're in your hands. Uh, a leader with humility. And when we think about uh, leaders most of the time nowadays, and, and in particular when I think of someone like Adolf Hitler, or even Rocket Man uh, in our present day, uh, the uh, leaders are, are, are has a big fan for they usually in their military uh, dress and they they flex their military uh, arsenal. Rocket Man usually shows his great army and, and missiles when when you see him, and uh, even when you think of uh, someone like Pharaoh, he was in his uh, great character as. Uh, uh, the finest horses and pulling it, and and so it's a big fan. When we look at this final week or so of Jesus's life, and and this final week is probably one of the busiest of his ministry. Uh, uh, this period of his ministry in the life of, of the Savior will be so busy until it it it, it really is. And the reason it's so busy, I guess it seems like it's so busy, 
is because he's on a time. He has to fulfill the scripture, and he has to fulfill it in the time that is allotted. Uh, the scripture is written in the Old Testament. So it's very uh, set on how he's supposed to do it. And he's going to fulfill it just like it is written because he can't uh, change God's words. In the first three verses, deals with uh, Jesus talking to his disciples. And verse 1 says, And when they drew near to Jerusalem and were come to Bethlehem unto the Mount of Olives, then said Jesus, Two disciples saying unto them, Go unto the village and over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass and tie and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say all unto you, ye say you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and straightway he will send them. So Jesus and his disciples has come from Jericho and spent the night in Bethany. And the next morning, Jesus sent his two disciples to Bethany, and they are on a mission. Jesus gives them a command or assignment to his two disciples. Uh, they don't give the name of the two disciples, and I think that's been important that they don't. I believe that the absence of name is significant and because the far-reaching teaching is that all believers of all ages who are sent by the master uh, are ready to take on a significant assignment uh, that, that, that is that of loosening those that are tied to circumstances and conditions and need to be loose for them. So the absence of a name lets us know that we all can and should be uh, put in this situation. Jesus is still sending uh, disciples on assignment to loosen those that is tired. One of the great teachings of this verse is that the disciples' assignment is to loosen the donkeys. Uh, it's significant that uh, in the ministry, uh, one being sent is like the church being sent. The church is sent in, on a similar situation, men, women, boys, or girls, are tired and need loosening. And God is sending us, Jesus is sending us, to do the same thing to the uh, uh, disciples of. There's so many people that have, that are tired. And when I say about tired, they're tired to addiction, tired to ignorance, tired to uh, social injustice, tired to lack of uh, advancement, tied to indecent relationship, tied to evenness of, of all sorts. And so uh, there's so much of, uh, unrighteousness in this world. So there is many other things that, that people are tied to. And they're capable of doing anything of value for themselves or anyone else. Uh, uh, but being tied does not mean that they are unuseful. They are tied to the things of the world. That is, they are what they are tied to is run by the prince of the of the world, which is Satan, and they need loosening and brought to Jesus, who can utilize them and, and set them free, and make them uh, into His disciples, where they can do meaningful and good, useful work. 
they can be a witness unto his kingdom. So uh, Jesus is telling in this verse that he needs us to go through the world and do the same thing he disciples are doing, loosen them and, and bring them to him. In the command, uh, Jesus' disciples teaches us some truths. The first of the truth is that uh, Jesus is divine in his divinity. And he is, well, the word we use many times in school, omniscience. And what that means is he knows all. Jesus knows everything that's going to happen in this situation. He gives the two disciples uh, accurate, precise, uh, reliable uh, assignments. Uh, Jesus is not limited in what he knows. He knows the past, the present, and the future. Look at and just look at the things that the, 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 that he tells them. He knew the place where the animals would be tied. He knew the disciples would not have any difficulty finding the animals. He said straightway, you shall find them. He knew the state of the animals. They were going to be tied. He knew all these things ahead of time. He knew the number of, uh, uh, and the type of the animal, a donkey in her coat. He knew all these things ahead of time. He knew that someone might ask questions, and he knew the words that the disciples were to say to the owner, that the, that the Lord have need of them. Uh, so he knew all these things uh, ahead of time. Let's just know that Jesus is all-knowing. He knows everything, uh, even before we can be, even begin to think of it. And secondly, tell the disciples that uh, Jesus uh, was to fulfill a prophecy, which was de- which would be declared in, in verse four and five. Uh, verse three poses the question: How do we loosen them? So we are to untie them uh, and, and bring them to Jesus. So uh, this this is telling us what. Jesus is incompetent in what he wants us to do. So those three verses give the format of what Jesus is trying to get us to do. And not only then, but in this world. So first four brings it all home and it says, all this was done that might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophets, saying, Tell ye the daughters of Zion, behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek sitting on an ass, and a coat to fold of an eye. In other words, uh, he's fulfilling uh, Old Testament prophecy. Matthew gives us the reason for the purpose for the thing Jesus is doing in verses 1 through 3. Jesus is making the claim that he is the Messiah that Zechariah was talking about in Zechariah 9.9. Throughout Jesus' public ministry, being sought to to for him to say that he was the Messiah. Uh, and many times Jesus explained it to them that they could understand it, but rather than just come out and say he was the Messiah, many of times he, he didn't come out and say that. He asked them who you think I am. He asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And then he asked them, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, thou the Christ. But but many times he doesn't come out and say that. He says it's a proper problem. He says this, uh, I ask him, are you the king of the Jews? And he tells him that my kingdom is not of this world. So he many times he is not coming out and, and uh, revealing who he is. 
but he's putting the information out there for you to see the the miracles that he does the the teaching that he does the uh many of the things that that, that he's under three years of his ministry that he does lets you know that he is who he say he is, but he does not come out and boast about who he is. And there's some truth that we can find from that. First, that God's word is worthy. His prophecy will come to pass. Uh, we, we can place our faith in what God predicts. Secondly, God is faithful. He, uh, he sees uh, his will in accordance to the words of, of which he has spoken. So what he has spoken is going to come to pass. Third, that God, again, is, is omniscience, which he knows the future. He's accurate in the timing of it. There, there's no flaw in his promise, no guesswork in his prophesizing, no no failure in what he declares to come uh, until the coming in the future. Verse 5 quotes Zechariah 9 9. Uh, it has some minor changing in it. Zechariah 9 9, King James Version says, Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king coming unto thee. He is just in heaven salvation, low and riding on an ass, and upon a coat, the foal of an ass. So it's, uh, that he is actually. Requoting Zechariah nine nine. One of the things we can see from uh, his prophecy revealed is that a uh, prophecy, God's prophecy, declares the promised Messiah. The prophecy is given by the prophet of God who received it from God. Second, it speaks of the, the great celebration that will come take place in Jerusalem. There will be rejoicing, O daughters of Zion! Shout, O daughters of Zion! Uh, and third, he speaks of the, the future event. He says, behold, behold means to be on alert for something. Watch out for something that's coming in the future. And fourth, is identifies the occasion, thy king cometh unto thee. Uh, next thing is uh, the, the words of uh, prophecy that identifies as a personality who will come to Jerusalem and bring great rejoicing. The king, it says the it denotes that he will be the king. It means that the king will come, that will be divine Jesus Christ, incarnated in human flesh. He is the promised Messiah. The next thing is invited that he's just translated meek. The expression here is, denotes peacefulness. He's not warlike. He, he, he won't have a sword in his hand or, or, or a bow or any kind of weapon. He's going to be... Uh, peaceful and uh, unlike any leader before. Um, then it speaks of him having salvation. Jesus did not come to condemn uh, uh, but to save. Um, I believe that one of the verses puts it best when he said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So you see all that in, in, in that verse. Um, one more thing that might be translated and riding on an ass and upon a coat of an ass. Jesus rode the coat, the foe. He's not walking uh, or riding no fancy horse like many leaders would, would would have been doing in that day. He would they would have probably been riding a, a purebred raw stallion, but Jesus is riding a, a, a donkey. 
So it's completely different from what you would expect. The world would have been flung, but he wasn't flung. And the disciples went and said unto Jesus, uh, and the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and bought the ass and the coat and put on them their clothes and they set up on their own. The disciples did what is what we should do in that they, they uh, obeyed Jesus' command. Uh, some of the things that we might understand from this teaching is that first they obeyed. That is significant for anything that, that we ought to do. It's understanding that required of them. They knew uh, a certain amount of understanding we must have before uh, God can send us on a divine mission. It's the next thing it is that signifies that they are willing to do what is required of them. God is not sending unwilling disciples. God wants us to be willing to go and do as he has asked us to do. Well, another thing might be significant is that they acted in faith and was faithful to their assignment. In other words, if we could not trust the Lord and his word, we would not be able to uh, be selected and take on the mission that God has put before us. And it's think circle in doing what they were required to do. They did not re resent doing what Jesus had commanded them to do. They was willing to take whatever risk uh, that was involved in their assignment. So these are significant things that we can see from uh, these verses. Verse 7 shows us the obedience and success of the disciples in their divine assignment. Uh, they went and, and had very good success. Everything went as Jesus had planned for them to do. And sometimes when we're doing some things and, and, and it seems very hard to us to do, it might be because God has not assigned that assignment to us. Uh, if God assigned that assignment to us to do, uh, he has uh, everything already worked out. He had already told him that if you run into any problems, and in other words, when you untie uh, the, the the donkeys, and if somebody asks you why you untie the donkeys, you tell them right off that I have need of them. The master has need of them. So he has all these things already worked out when he sends you on an assignment. Verse 89 says, And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and straw them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed are he that coming in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the eyes. There's a lot of symbolic uh, uh Similarly, in these verses, in that palm trees do not have branches like the oak tree, uh, but they have uh, they have leaves which are cut from the palm of the trees and was uh, used in victory. You often see those big old palm trees uh, fanning somebody in there of royalty. Uh, so they they they, but they also symbolize victory, joyous and peace. It was used by the people in regard to a, a king. They were to have accepted and honor one uh, as a chosen king. Many of the Jews thought that the Messiah was to come and liberate them from the from the Roman Empire, uh, government. 
Jesus says to Papa Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. So they knew who he was in a sense, but they didn't know, but they had a different understanding of who he was. Uh, he meant that his coming was not to fight a physical war uh, in, in the sense that they were thinking about it. They thought he was going to come like King David and raise up an army and defeat the Romans. Uh, they use uh, the flowers and garments and the light to signify acceptance and victory and, and, and uh, of a conquering warrior. Now, David was, when we think about him, he was a conquering warrior. And many times when he returned uh, from victory, uh, they welcomed him with dancing. Uh, and the, and the women from around the cities would come and, and, and perform. When he did that, when he come from the slaughter of the Philistines, uh, over the century, this kind of behavior was done for the conquering leader and the like. But uh, none of these celebrations were uh, comparable to the one that the Messiah bought, because the one the Messiah bought is still being uh, celebrated to this day. We ought to still be celebrating the, the triumphant king that the Lord Jesus Christ is. Verse 9 shows us the warmth of people's heart uh, when they went before Jesus, uh, when he ride into Jerusalem. Their heart was overjoyed. They, was, they recognized Jesus as the promised Messiah, whom they had been waiting for his arrival. Yet in their rejoicing, again, they was a little bit misunderstood about who he was. The word Hosanna means save now. They were looking for a king, a, a God who would uh, deliver them out of the ruling uh, hands of the Roman government. And and Jesus was not uh, going to do that. Jesus is here to save their souls, not to save them from the Romans. So they're, they're a little bit misunderstood of who he is, but they still accept him as the, as the Messiah. Verse 10 and 11, and when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. The Lord was in Jerusalem and was met with many inhabitants of that city. And and, uh, and some were unfamiliar. But he asked, who is this? This verse reveals uh, some significant truth we all ought to look at. First, the people of the city did not know Jesus. But he asked, who is this? In other words, they knew the Messiah was to come, but they really didn't know Jesus. Jerusalem was the city of God, the place where God was to be found, and the people did not know Jesus. Uh, it makes you wonder how many times uh, uh, we're in the house of God, and we're talking about Jesus, but I'm talking about do you know Jesus? There's a difference. Uh, uh, and, and just saying, uh, talk about somebody, but do you really know him as your your Lord and Savior? They know that there was a Messiah was to come, but they didn't know uh, really know that uh, about him. And then one of the other things that the verse reveals to us is Jesus' arrival caused excitement in the inhabitants of the city. But they say all the city was moved. The people did not come because they was hostile towards Jesus, but they were excited and joyful about it. The people's heart was stirred to the point that they asked, they want to know 
who is this? And, and, and many times in our lives, uh, there's somebody that wants to know about who Jesus really is. Uh, uh, and we should be able to tell them who Jesus is. So we got to know ourselves who he is before we can tell somebody else. Verse 11 teaches us that it is the responsibility of the follower of Christ uh, to make those that do not know who he is, who he is. And when they asked who he is, uh, the followers were eager to tell them in the crowd that he's the prophet of Galilee. And uh, that that he, uh, he that he was Jesus of Nazareth uh, <coughs> that was spoken of in Zechariah. So they, they were able to convey some uh, important things about him. One of the things that, that, that we ought to take away from this lesson is that Jesus can be believed, trusted, and followed because he is the promised Messiah. And, and he fulfilled a prophecy that God has set before him. Uh, when you read the Old Testament, and, and read many of them, like Zechariah and, and Isaiah, and the, the teaching that they teach, they predict the predict the almost exact time, and what is the exact time that Jesus will come, and what the situation will be. When you think about the uh, 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 Isaiah talks about there'll be one crying in the wilderness. That's John the Baptist. All these mm-hmm. things are foretold. In the Old Testament, and the Book of Micah brings some some of it into light. But uh, if you, when you think about all the different uh, prophecies that prophesized about Jesus, uh, Jesus fulfilled all the prophecy of the Old Testament when he when he came. So we can realize that whatever Jesus tells us, and he's he got prophecy about his return again. We can have faith in it. We can believe in all that he's teaching us. Because it's already been proved that it's going to come true. Whatever is written in the Word of God is going to come true as he predicts it. It's going to happen when he predicts it's going to happen. That's basically what I have on this lesson. Amen. 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 So true. Brother teacher, anybody? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, brother teacher. Yes, ma'am. Uh, in uh, just as uh, Jesus prepared himself, when uh, before we go out, we have to prepare ourselves, and we have to be able to uh, not only tell uh, someone uh, about. Uh, Jesus and by his word, we have to uh, be able to uh, show them because a lot of people uh, just don't want to take your word. They want to know, and by right, they should uh, should be able to. We should be able to show them. So 
they will know and they can read this for themselves. And in being prepared uh, for our journey of whatever he has for us to do, uh, we have to know that he's not going to uh, put us out there and leave us uh, hanging on a limb by ourselves because uh, he and the Holy Spirit is right there with us to uh, to take us uh, along on this journey so we can successfully uh, carry out uh, what he has, the job that he has uh, for us to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, people, they were going to uh, Jerusalem for the Passover. And when Jesus was going uh, there on the way, it was two blind men that he healed. And they were following Jesus along in the crowd, along mm-hmm. with these uh, disciples and others and Galileans. They all went together. And uh, a lot of times when we start out on our journey, people are happy for us. But then as they see us going on our journey and uh, the Lord is using us, a lot of times they uh, back back and they're not happy for us and they do things and say things to try to um, discourage us. But the point mm-hmm. we have to do, we have to keep going because we yeah. know uh, who told us this, what to do, and why he told us. And we know that if we accept the calling, then uh, we have to uh, hold it up because yeah. uh, that's our job. And that's mm-hmm. the purpose that he uh, sent us for. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sister Annette, for your comments on tonight. Anyone else? Okay. Uh, I want to let all of us know, uh, as Sister Bonner has shared with us, we will not be doing our cleanup this week. We will move it to next week, uh, which will be April the night. Is that right, Sister Bonner? That work, that is correct, Pastor. Um, we've um, made some changes from this weekend, so um, more people can be involved in. Give us a little more time to get things prepared. Um, we will. I'm working on flyers, and uh, so that you know, people in the community and others can help join in as we help clean our community. So yes, sir, it is April the ninth, and we are to meet at uh, Warner Grove Baptist Church parking lot at nine. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Bonner. I'm looking forward for that myself to help. Um, I invite all of us, if you can, if you will, share with us uh, on Sunday morning at the uh, 10 o'clock hour. We want to come and have our communion service on Sunday morning. and we just pray for a glorious time in the Lord. And again, yeah. I 
I want to thank all of you for, uh, I say, our Zoom family. Thank you for mm-hmm. continuing being with us, continue to uh, pray for us, continue to uh, support us on, in our endeavors. And uh, yeah. when the opportunity presents itself, you can come to the house. When the opportunity can present itself, but if not, continue to stay online with us. Amen. Amen. You all thank Amen. God bless, God keep uh, you is our prayer. Uh, Deacon Way, you have anything else on you? Anything else? No, sir. Okay, anybody else? Anyone else? Yes. Um, Just a a reminder, um, we apologize for not mentioning about the Sunday school books being at the church, but they were Sunday. So, um, Sunday Amen. Yes, I, you can get your Sunday school book uh, on Sunday uh, at the church, and uh, don't feel bad. I, I tell you all the time, you don't have to be old to be forgetful. Amen. Mm-hmm. All of us amen, get some time. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank God we, we have our Bibles and we have our communication. Amen. Mm-hmm. To help. Thank God for text messages. Amen. 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 Don't feel rain, you know, amen. We got to listen. The Lord bless us on today to get our word out on tonight. Amen. 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 Uh, keep you again. Mr. Birchick, continue to have a great birthday on today. Amen. And the rest of who all have a birthday at the end of this month, God bless you. We, amen. When we see each other, it'll be April. Amen. <laughs> amen. amen. God bless Keep uh, is our prayer. Uh, all minds and all hearts are clear. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you, adore you. Continue to smile upon us as we continue to lift you up, continue to praise you, continue to give you all the glory and the honor. Now, Lord, we ask that it be thy will to protect uh, each and every one of us that's going through storms of life. We ask that you build us up, screen where we're weak. Father God, we ask you bring us closer together and realize that the storm don't last always. Father God, bless, heal, and deliver. Bless the sick children and the bereaved families. In the name of Jesus, thank you for our guests on tonight that helped us and studied with us and prayed with us on tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church Podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.